Welcome everyone to the final episode of Season 4 Politically High Tech with your host Elias. This is episode 140. If you want to be super anal about it. In this episode, we have a couple of items here. I'm not going to overboard you with the politics. But I am going to go about the analysis because this is going to be a meta trend. We are nearly halfway done with 2023. As you know, 2024 is going to be a very big election year. This presidential election. All of House Representative seats are up for grabs. And one third of the Senate seats are up for grabs as well. I'm going to give you the breakdown analysis, which party I think have the best chance of getting control of these chambers. Are they preliminary? Yes. Is it silly to guess this early? Yes. But I feel like doing it anyways. So we got the Senate and we got the House representatives I want to talk about. And then the state level, I'll go based on the recent popularity of my listeners. And then for the third item, well, the U.S. Senate was first, House Representative was second, the third, and final item for primary politics is Crystal Kyle's. Crystal Kyle. I don't think about Crystal Kyle, friends. I stopped watching that. I'm beginning to think they're more like the establishment left in a lot of ways, so I stopped watching them. I thought they offered interesting insights back then, but it seems like they're aligning more with the left-wing establishment, at least in my opinion. But I'm going to talk about breaking points, and they titled this as a debate. I'm going to give you the YouTube link to this. It's about 10 minutes long. All I'm going to say in short is that it was not a debate. It was a shit show. That's all I'm going to say about that. For mid-game... I'm going to go over a couple of items here. We go about a G7 summit calling for stricter AI guardrails. Seems to be introduced safely and securely. Well, according to Sam Altman, he's saying that the AI danger is already here. We're already too late and all that good stuff. And then we take a little break from so much AI talk. And we're going to talk about Grand Theft Auto 6. Yes, Grand Theft Auto 6. I haven't forgotten. I've dropped some of them, some of the games because they lost even interest to me. But GTA 6, hell no. Not doing that. We got some information. We got enough information. Well, not not me. Games Radar did. I thank them for that. And they I'm gonna give you some details about location, characters. And you know, this is preliminary and the release date is gonna be either a year or two for now. That's so I'm gonna add for that and the third item here while i look for it and then for the third final item for this final audio only episode i'm gonna do things real differently for season five i'm gonna go in depth about the first amendment of the u.s constitution u.s constitution i think we need to review this because there are just people who either are real ignorant or they're just those who are truly disingenuous which are the more evil ones and they want to twist and pervert the meaning and the intent of the first amendment and i'm going to list some of the supreme court pre precedents just so you have a better idea i think i need to do this because 
I have to agree with the Hillside University. I just think a lot of people have lost the meaning of it. Not the some politicians, yes, I hate to say that, but I think it's true. Um, they're also well in the in the public, especially. We need the public to be on our side. We don't need every single one of them, but we need a sizable amount. Probably 10, 15 percent of the country would be nice, and that's about. 30 to 40 million people. That's a lot, but it's doable. In the context of we have what? Over 332 million people right now? Yeah, that's doable. All right, so that's your brief lineup. And we're going to get right straight into it. As you may notice for the last couple episodes, I haven't been reading ads. It's because I'm no longer supporting Spotify and Anchor. Nope. Not gonna support them. I got my reasons, and I want to move on to a different podcast host. I'm gonna be doing that for the next season. Well, I'll give you a brief, um, very brief episode on that. The next one is probably gonna be point zero six or zero five, depending on where I'm at on that. Get point. It's gonna be a very brief episode. Just touch on that. So, with that out of the way, let's get to the first segment. Alrighty, let's get into primary politics. Our first item is the U.S. Senate. For 2024, that's next year. You know, campaigns have already started, especially you may notice if it's high profile. And I'm gonna go through some of the interesting ones here, the ones I think has a chance of flipping. Now we got Kirsten Cinema. She barely won the election. Okay, she won, she got 50%. Okay, and that's very, very small. I think, uh, a Republican might take that seat. And Republicans need two to gain the majority. Mitch McConnell will be the majority leader again. I know Diane Feinstein's retirement, thank God. She's gonna be 90. Well, she has a long life, but I think she's retired, focus on her health, focus on her family, you know, things like that. I think Republicans have a chance of getting that seat back from Arizona. I think Democrats could pull an upset if they play their cards right is that C for Rick Scott. He won 50.1% and that's where Florida was becoming more red state. He doesn't seem to perform that well. I think Democrats could pull an upset on that one. But they have to play defensive here. Indiana, Mike Braun's going to be retiring, but that seat is pretty safe. So I'm not too worried about that. The one that's interesting is Debbie Stabenow. She's going to retire, and they, there was a couple of reports I've heard that this could be trouble. I think the Republicans could take this seat. I'm sure they're going for it. John Tester of Montana. He's a Democrat, a pretty moderate one. At least that's how he brands himself. He barely won the election 50.3%. I think he's, you know, there's a good chance he could lose that seat. And I think that's another one that Republicans, I'm sure, they're aiming for that one. And then Jackie Rosen. This one's a battleground. I think Nevada's really becoming a purple state. I'm seeing more swing, swing, swing. 
um, trends coming from Nevada. Nevada used to be a blue state. Um, FR plus one. And Republicans got shot on taking that one as well. Um, even though they saying that Pennsylvanians are too, I think the Democrats have a chance of keeping that seat. Bob Casey Jr., yeah, I think he has a chance of keeping that seat. Sherrod Brown as a battleground. I'm not sure. He's been there for a while. I think he might resist it. And then again, it's been... Ohio's been getting more red, so that's going to definitely impact him. He has a tough battle ahead. And Joe Manchin, um, they're saying that could be a flip. Yeah, that one's likely to be a flip because West Virginia is very, very red. And he's been moderate, but not moderate enough, it seems. So I think they're going to take that one. Which was I say that they're going to take again? Kirsten Cinema seat. Debbie Stebbin now. John Tester, Jackie Rosen, Joe Manchin, and the other one, I Tammy Baldwin. I think she's going to maintain that seat. Wisconsin is a real purple state, and I think they say R2, but I think Tammy Baldwin has enough popularity and support to keep that seat sure. And Sherrod Brown. So there's five, six seats that could um, Republicans could flip, and that's enough to regain the majority because they, they need only two. Remember, they only need only two. They get five, they end up with 53-47. Well, three independents. Always caucus with Democrats. They're considered Democrats because they caucus with them. For simplicity's sake. This is going to be interesting, to say the least. Um... You have Diane Feinstein's retiring, and there's plenty of people that wants to go for that seat. I'm surprised the Republican, the Republican um, feels a bit crowded there. Adam Schiff is going for that seat. Katie Porter is going for it. Florida, and I don't know. He's performed pretty weak. Indiana's fine. Agnes King, that's another swing one, but I think um, Agnes King is fine. He's been there long enough. You do just fine. So I, th I think he's safe. That's all I'm going to say about the Senate. Let's get to the second item. Second item will be the House of Representatives. If Democrats want to create an upset, they will need to take five seats. Yes, just five seats. These are very slim majorities, you know. Very, 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 very slim. He's very, 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 very slim. I'm going to go by the whole breakdown with the Trump thing. Now, what I'm going to do is go through the ones that I think could be a potential battleground. The ones I do find very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. I think it could be a flip. And Alaska at large, I mean by large, is the only seat. Because it goes by the... They proportion by a number of people that are in that state. Since Alaska's the smallest one. They have one. A lot in other small states got one as well. Like Wyoming is a good example of that. So these are the states here that are going to be competitive, they believe. And Alaska Lawrence is going to be competitive because that's a red state, even though that person won by what what did they say? This person won won by ranked choice voting, which the Republicans were not very happy about that. They thought it was rigged. The same, the same dance that Trump said. You know, he said, oh, it's rigged, it's rigged because he lost. Give me the proof if they did. Okay? Give me the proof. 
I'm just gonna report about the seats that are they gonna leave because of retiring. Katie Porter's retiring because she's running for Senate. She has she's a California House representative. She represents the 47th district. At least Lachlan is retiring. She is part of the Michigan House Representative 7th District. And they're saying that one could be flipped to Republican. David Trone, pretty. That one is the majority Democrat. Maryland District 6. He's retiring. Because they are going for their Senate seat. They go for the Senate seat. They're retiring because they want a better position. Can't blame them. You gotta work your way up. You gotta work your way up. Yeah, who else is retiring in there? Let's go to the retiree list here. And it, it's the same reason for all of them, regardless of political party. Actually, it's all mostly Democrat. Ruben Jago, he's a Democrat and represents the 3rd District of Arizona. He wants to run for U.S. Senate and he wants to take that seat away from Kirsten Cinema. Barbara Lee is going to run for senator and she wants to take Diane Feinstein's seat and she's going to compete against her fellow state colleagues and Democrats Adam Schiff and Katie Porter for that same same seat so that one's going to be interesting and Barbara Lee is probably the most left wing according to GovTrack I mean when of course left wing squared she scores the highest of out of all of them they run it for their U.S. Senator CSA. Oh, so he's got primary Ted Cruz. Mr. Colin Zachary Alfred, all right? And then this one is going to run for Debbie Sturmanow's seat. And that one is not very safe, that one. And which ones are even? Well, Colorado District 8, Jadira Cadaveo. Um, that one, that one's anyone's game. And Florida District 27, Maria Alvela Salazar. Hmm, the same solid Republican. We're gonna find out which one's true. According to the predictors or the res or the CPVI. That's a Cook Partisan Voting Index. I go with the voting index, so it's even. It's anyone's game. Kansas, District 3, Maine, District 2. They say it's like the Democrat, but the voting in index is plus. is favoring Republicans. And what else we got here is interesting. Nebraska District 2. St. Lee's Republican. Don Bacon. Interesting name. This um, person could be in danger. Chris Papas, New Hampshire. They say he's even, but according to the predictors, they say he's going to keep that seat. I'll go with that. The more familiar the person is, the more likely you keep him. Well, fellow Republicans, not that safe in there. Uh, Mr. Thomas Keene Joseph. Thomas King Joseph. Uh, he's a New Jersey Republican representing the 7th District. They say his seat is not safe. Mr. George Santos here. And, you know, four, four fellow New Yorkers. Sadly, I'm a New Yorker as well. And I do say sadly because New York City is really deteriorating. He's not doing very good. Mr. George Santos here is running again. And he's running for a district that is a moderately blue head. That's D2. D plus two. And if Robert Zimmerman runs again, he has a very good chance of winning. These are the ones that are considered to be somewhat competitive. Josh Gottheimer, D plus four. Ah, he's one of the few Democrats I like. Eh, leave him be. He's not that safe. D 
state plus four represents New Jersey District 5. So one of the few that, he's one of the few Democrats that got brains on some issues. I expect that person to have brain every single issues, but you got a brain on the ones actually are important. Even B, bro. Uh, he's not that safe, it seems. He's not that safe. And now they got the breakdown for each state. Alabama's not very interesting. Alaska. Like, Alaska's interesting. Which I already talked about the interesting thing with um, Arizona. California I already talked about um, Diane Feinstein. That's causing some waves. I'm glad the Republicans are going crazy for that California District 6 seat. Will that pay off? The Democrats are going crazy for that 5th District seat. Republicans are showing some aggression with that one. The California, the bluest state of America. The bluest state of America. Um, let's see. Let's see what's going on here. What else is interesting? Is Colorado anything interesting? Lauren Boebert is alright. She barely won. Yeah, Connecticut is boring. I was going to stay blue. So is Delaware. Florida, I don't see much interesting activity. Georgia, not really. Hawaii, not really. Nah, Idaho, boring. Illinois, Ill Illinois. And Jim Banks, he's gonna run for the U.S. Senate seat. Yeah, that, that nothing's good. Nothing interesting is gonna go in. Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, and Kentucky. Kentucky, nothing. Louisiana, nothing's happening. Maine, Maryland, I already told you about that. One retire for that Senate seat. Not gonna repeat that. You can rewind the episode for that. Massachusetts, that one's very blue. Nothing is shifting there. Republicans not gonna win a single seat unless they pull an upset. Which was most vulnerable? Mm, D plus six at District Nine. Yeah, they all incumbents there. They they gonna do just fine. Michigan talked about that one. Minnesota. No, Angie Craig, um, she has a Republican challenger popping up. Yeah, Minnesota's beginning a little bit moderate. Look like they're losing ground to Democrats in that state. That one's very interesting. Um, what's going on in Mississippi? Nothing's happening. Missouri, nothing's happening. Montana, nothing's happening. Nebraska, Don Bacon's looks pretty, pretty even. If the Democrats could pull up, says it's going to be that one. Nevada... Republicans are interested in flipping Nevada red. New Hampshire, they got two Democrat, but the margins are thin. I don't see anything interesting. And then Jeff Van Drew, well, he's alright. New Mexico, nothing's happening. New York, Anthony Apposito and George Santos have been a step game. George Santos will be locked up. I think that seat is lost. I think Democrats are going to take that one. They're going to take that one. Mike Lolo got stuff up his game. Mark Bellinaro. Gotta make sure they're doing good. The Wolves Democrats could take that. So you gotta play defense in New York and just put it short and sweet. And what's going on here? Is that gonna be a potential flip? North Carolina District 13. Willie Nickel and incumbents running and yep, and Republicans smell blood there. North Dakota, nothing interesting is happening. Um, it could be some steals from the Republicans. So she Ohio District 9. Yep. And of course, Marcy Cupter decides to run. There's a lot of Republicans. Yeah, they smell blood. They want that seat. Oklahoma, nothing is interesting. Oregon. Hmm. No. Lauren Chavez, the Reamer. Better campaign good. Ah, it's not fair. Oregon's a blue state. 
We got one solid Republican district as of now. And you gain a seat, so... Pennsylvania, Brian Fitzpatrick got a fight tooth and nail for that seat. And for the Democrat side, for Pennsylvania District 7 and 8, Susan Wilde and Matt Cartwright, respectively, y'all got to, you better defend them, Democrats, so those Republicans going to take them. And they're going to, and Brian Fitzpatrick has to defend, Republicans has to defend their Pennsylvania District 1 seat. And the last district to 17. The, the incumbent party has to defend those seats. Democrats have to defend. Yeah, they got to play defense with Pennsylvania. They have to play defense. They made gains there, but if they neglect it, they, it's going to be negated. South Carolina, nothing's interesting. The only strong Democrat in there is Jim Clyburn. He's not going anywhere. South Dakota, nothing interesting. Tennessee, nothing is interesting. What about Texas? Texas. Anything going to bite flip in there? Well, according to early polls, nothing gonna flip there. Utah, nothing interesting. Vermont, nope. Nothing interesting there. Virginia, anything interesting in Virginia? No. Washington State, huh? Washington State District, number three, R plus five, Maria Lewis Perez. No, Republicans smell blood for that one. And they and they want to be ambitious and go for even Washington State District Eight D plus one. Yeah, if they just come up with one creative trick, I guess. West Virginia, um, Alex Mooney, he's gonna retire, run for U.S. Senate, Republican side. So that's a safe red state. Ain't nobody going anywhere. Wyoming, nothing interesting. Wisconsin. It's a battleground state, but I don't see anything interesting regarding the House and the Senate there is. Now for the territories. These are non-voting members of U.S. House Representatives. Okay. But they do um run. And based on territories, they got to split 3-3. Three, three. The Republican Party got advantage at America, Samoa, Guam. All right, Puerto Rico. And then for... The other three territories that Democrats have the advantage on is District of Columbia, North Mariana Islands, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yep, I just love how I went through that quick, quick rundown. Yeah, well, the, this preliminary, things could change, you know, things could change. So, let's go for this last, and, and this one, I gotta say, I have to be really critical of Crystal. Sagalaga was trying to listen, but Sagar didn't provide much. And I'm talking about breaking points when they list as debate, which it wasn't a debate. Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball has just went through the mainstream media talking points. Big farmer talking points. And he hardly had a chance to answer. And he only clapped back once and he summarized it quite well. If she would have done the same thing to Donald Trump, he would have been very argumentative. He would have been combative. He would have clapped back. He he does not put up with crap. I gotta say, Mr. Robert RFK Jr., gotta give you props for maintaining such a calm, composure attitude throughout throughout that debate. I gotta say. I really gotta say, and he's willing to go out there and debate, and you know, this is a kind of Democrat I will respect as independent. But Democrats, uh, you know, Republicans are into censorship in their own weird way, like to censor people when it's convenient. But Democrats just like to censor anybody 
were doing that. Not all Democrats, not some like Robert F. Kennedy and the classic liberals. Lots of people like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden. Those are Democrats I'm referring to. Anyone who wants to, anyone who are embracing using woke, wokeness to their advantage. It did not, they did not, yeah, it did not go very well. It did not go very well, in my honest opinion. I mean, I gotta give him, you know, Saga didn't get to say much. You said just one little thing, that's it. And he sounds more open-minded. He was just quiet throughout most of that exchange. You know, he must have felt awkward as hell, you know. And, you know, I know everyone got strong opinions when it comes to vaccines, the efficacy, the causation, correlation. I'm sure people got, you know, some people were against it, some people were for it. That's it. And if I get freaking censored for that, then that's ridiculous. And besides, my position is set that if you don't want to take the vaccine, you shouldn't. Oh, maybe maybe that's why they were censored. Because I said that. Just because I said that. Uh, I do believe um, vaccines do some have, have some positive. It was barely a net positive. We'll see from now. But I won't be surprised. Some of the, well, I'll be hearing things. Let's just say that. I'm not sure they're true, but I've just been hearing things. Well, let's sum this up. Also, uh, for the U.S. Senate... Republicans have to play offensive if they want to gain some seats. I think in my prediction, they have a net gain of five, given 53 seats. So, you know, this is preliminary, this is early, this is a disclaimer, I could be wrong. House Representative, however, it's really anybody's game. But based on what little things I was able to skim through, um, I, yeah, I really think it's anybody's game. I really do think so. And the, both parties have to do their best to try to win it. I think the House of Representatives seats are generally more competitive than the Senate. Democrats have to be really, really, really defensive. Both part, both parts of the House of Representatives got to go in there, charge you, bring your A game. Because if you're doing less than that, you're gonna lose it. And then Crystal, then Crystal Ball, um, being disrespectful, talking over Robert F. Kennedy constantly, and he ain't get a lot of points in. But he's winning the bait. And he just got some of his important points in. And kept calm and cool. So, alrighty then. Let's get to the second segment. Really, really soon. everyone to the second segment called mid-game 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 so g7 seven countries with developed economies and guess what BRICS is catching up by the way you know that's that other economic alliance like this is brazil russia india china and south africa and i and i am pretty sure that that they want to overshadow the G7, okay? It's mostly European countries, and just to put it, mostly European countries, with the exception of Canada, United States, and Japan. Yeah, they barely got the majority. So, what is on um, world membership for this G7? United Kingdom, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, United States, Can and Canada. And they took about AI regulation. They worried about it. 
A lot of discussions been around ChatGPT, blah, blah, blah. Sunak is an advocate of AI development. I am, as long as you're being careful and vigilant about it. And we need to act soon rather than later. If we act soon, I think we'll be all right. Because AI is learning real quick and we humans tend to bicker and delay and be very reactive. Okay, just make sure that no bad actor exploits AI to destroy humanity, okay? That's all. It could be great benefits. You know, and I already mentioned before, I'm, I'm a shitty artist. Very crappy at it. So AI can help me out with that. Um, I can more analyze data and that kind of thing. Else, you know, I'm more into that. But not art. I'm appreciative of art, but I am not a producer. Don't rely on me on that. Trust me. Your pre-K kid could destroy me in those competitions, alright? I'm not just saying as a just for self-deprecating humor. It's actually the brutal truth. And the express concern about AI is involvement with healthcare sector. You know, I can understand that. Yeah, it's good to be um it's good to, you know, want that. And they saying they didn't want the AI system to be accurate, reliable, safe, non-discriminatory, regardless of the origin. Well, it's shaped on human opinions and thoughts, so until we become more aware of that, start corrective our and the AI could be less influenced because it is based on human intelligence, what we put on the computer into machinery. So if we, if we got hate, we're gonna spread it to the machine as well. Not that I'm not woke or anything. Just be vigilant. I'm not gonna ask to cancel that machine and all that just because. Bad things is gonna happen with new um, management. Um, check out my interview with Manush Algawal. So 138. If you want me to get deeper into that, so Rockstar, Rocksteady, not Rocksteady. Oh, that's what I made the Batman games. Why well, mix these things up? Rockstar Games have officially confirmed that they are working GTA 6 in February 2022. Um, I'm happy to find making a game. They've been milking GTA, GTA Online and GTA 5. GTA 5 is a great game. I don't believe for exploring it. I've been looking at that game for over a decade now. You know, the leaks are real, they say. They didn't like the fact that things have been leaked. They scrubbing all illegally obtained photos and all that through the internet. So, if you post something before, it's a good chance it's gone. And GTA, when is it going to come out? They say it's going to come out in 2025. That's either one and a half years, that's just using conservative measurements to nearly two or two and a half years. GTA 6 is going to be set in modern day Vice City. So it is loosely based on Miami, Florida. For those of you who know that, not that aware. As rumors said, that could be released in 2024. Not because they did say it was, they were doing the game in 2022, so it's true. Why is it taking so long? I'm not going to answer that question. If they work in all the big projects, of course it's going to take long. And they're going to go beyond just Vice City. So it's not going to be, you know, they're going to have Vice City, I'm sure, other neighboring cities. And it's going to be more modern day. It's not going to be based on 1980s. They're saying that fans are convinced that GTA 6 maps going to be much larger than 5. Okay, that, that's a fan saying that it's not confirmed, just being clear. Will GTA 6 have a female protagonist? Well, there are two characters that are leaked, a male and a female. So you are going to have female representation, we are going to have that, and that's a good thing. There's already been a lot of games with 
male oriented stories I'm not against that either I just want great compelling story and trust me there are good there are good stories based on men mad stories and shitty stories so you're gonna have more than one character gameplay I'm sure not much is um leaked yet but I'm sure they're gonna have some remnants of five in there as you said it's five did well they could they this rumor that they're gonna do some stuff mechanics you carrying bodies now we're gonna talk about you know he did you know he's optimistic but he also has some concerns all these CEOs with that double talk maybe he has a mixed opinion who knows let me just give him benefit of the doubt this is Samuel Altman the creator of chat GPT is training data created by humans AI is inherently prone to bias of course because created by humans they were subject to our own imperfect and mostly driven ways in seeing the world yes and then Sam of course gonna read across that passion patience it's requested for our patience and good face as they work it to get it right all right 65 percent of people go be worried trust in the big tech Katina plummet Especially with those deep fakes. Yeah, that, you know, you could just create a fake thing. You could um, create a video of someone that you don't like. Just them saying the most racist, heinous things. And it's untrue, but the video makes it seem like it's true. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure this has gone to politicians' hands. And they got something to combat this to control AI this is an attempt called procedural justice approach to, to trust and legitimacy there are four components to it neutrality decisions are unbiased and guided by transparent reasoning hmm interesting respect all three respect and dignity hmm nice try with that one humans are filled with disrespectful people especially when they have so much egos they can't even fit in their bodies anymore Voice. Everyone has a chance to tell their side of the story. Okay. Trustworthiness. Decision makers can fake trustworthy motives about those impacted by their decisions. Yeah, I think that one's gonna be the biggest challenge. No one trusts each other. Just having a talking to someone different political orientation will just create a fight. Just because they're gonna see you as the enemy. You can think the mainstream media for that one and all that's been curated by AI. He has said that he is cautiously optimistic, if I want to put it nicely, and finding it to testify in Congress. I think AI is a great tool, like I said. It was just that we had to be cautious and vigilant. And and Sam, and Sam Altman, he tweeted, that companies hiring droves of machine learning engineers and computer scientists because ChatGPT has an ambitious roadmap and is bottlenecked by engineering. And I do agree with this paragraph. Tech companies should hire multidisciplinary teams that include social scientists who understand hum human and societal impacts of technology with a variety of perspectives regarding how to train AI applications and implement safety parameters. Companies can artificially trans transparent. No, companies can articulate transparent reasoning for their decisions this can in turn boost the public's perception of technology as neutral and trustworthy yeah i don't want the machine being woke and i also don't want the machine being super patriotic either 
unless it's for jokes or things like that. They have this hiring process. They get a hire. They have mostly people internal and probably 20, 23 outsiders. They read more about that. And it needs to be regulated, and I'm, I'm not gonna re-roll this. But I think um, it's a it's, it's a start. See how it does. Just maintain vigilance and be on top of it. That's all I can say. So let's wrap this up. That was your third and final item. So we have a G7 summit. Being cautious, put policies to provide guardrails against AI so she gets out of control. All right, and these are the majority of that fiscal policy alliance is your european gta 6 we know about some gameplay we know about where it's gonna be we know it's gonna have a male or a female this is very preliminary i'm sure more things can be um released discovered and they're gonna introduce a stealth mechanic to it it's gonna take a modern day vice city instead of 1980 something vice city and then Sam Altman testified, and there are some ideas he proposed, such as um, procedural justice, build the right team, include outside perspectives, ensure transparency, all that. Let's see how it does. I think it's the step in the right direction. I'm happy that um, Congress is acting faster than I expected, so that's good. Alrighty, then with that out of the way, we'll reach the third and final segment really, really soon. This is going to be a really, really weird roll. I said I was going to talk about the First Amendment. Well, guess what? I lied. I'm going to talk to you about something a little more exciting. This is random. I can fool around here, okay? Sue me. I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I'm going to do Season 5. I'm going to start at September. Okay, September 2023. I am taking a summer hiatus because I need a break and I need to update the show. I've been noticing my listenership has been declining overall. Okay, I definitely want to incorporate more AI. I definitely want to incorporate better episodes. And instead of having these three segments in one episode, we're going to focus on one segment per episode. So so just give you a little bit of an idea. I'm going to do episode 141 strictly based on politics. Episode 142 strictly based on technology. Episode 143 based on weird topics and randomness or for fun. Episode 144 is going to be based on politics and that pattern will go on until April of 2024, right a little after April Fools. So that's your general timeline. It's gonna be video. And I'm gonna have a new, very different podcast host it's because the ones I'm currently with are screwing me over. You know all these changes. And you know, and I'm not gonna treat it as a bad thing or they're evil and all that. It's time for me to change 
and move on. The tools that were good for me at that time are not good for me now. One must change and adapt to stay relevant. Or you could be obliterated and become dust of time. So that's where I'm getting at. So this is going to be about change. Definitely incorporate some AI because I think that's the way to move forward. I know there's some concerns about that. Don't worry, I'm going to maintain a lot of my independent integrity, be cautious about it. And not just use it for nefarious purposes. I mean, I'll be a massive hypocrite not to follow that. And you'd be right to call me that. You'd be right to call me hypocrite. Hypocrite, hypocrite, hypocrite. No, but that's not my style. Not my style at all. And I want to be focused on different things. And I want to release episodes in a more consistent and efficient manner. That's what I want to do. Release them in a more efficient manner. I'm going to be on Rumble. I don't trust YouTube that much. YouTube is anti-free speech. Rumble is more pro-free speech. And I probably want to join a podcast. It's probably like Popping or Lisbon. I'll let you know in a very, very brief episode. If I get the chance. And if I forget to do something, feel free to email, contact, subscribe, put in some kind of message. Put in the review, whatever. As long as I get that information where I need to improve. I could take criticism. I'm a grown ass man. And another thing. And another thing. And this is going to be better for me and my guest as well. Because I don't have to keep splitting images. I don't have to do all that splitting stuff. It did took time out of me. My, li- my life's getting more busy and ever. So I had to come up with a more smarter and efficient process. To get more episodes out. And I want to have to put on 200% and every week that that becomes unsustainable and I will suffer burnout okay so help so this process will help me to help you to serve you better and that's what I want to do and one more thing before I even yeah that's the thing I want to do I want to spread this workout I want to and then just a just to rebrand this a bit, I am a political independent, right? Politically independent and a moderate. I want to bring voices of the left and the right, center and the independent to have a discussion. And then there will be a chance, and I'm just saying a chance, I gotta guarantee this, but it's gonna be a chance that I could put people of different political or just a different opinions on topics to have a more of a robust discussion. Don't hold me on that just yet, but I definitely want to put more people in there. And I do have a pipeline for for potentially three or four guests. Okay, I'm not gonna reveal them to you. One is possibly returning. Most be more than one returning. So this is what I'm planning to do. And if I have a guess, the episode duration limit is going to be one hour and a half. Anything without a guess, the highest is going to be one hour. Yep, one hour. That's it. It's going to be just one hour without a guess. One and a half hour at most with a guest. Let's put some structure and I'm not going to go all over place with question. I'm going to be more focused. Focus on their work. Especially if they are new, if they're returning, I don't have to do that as much, okay? 
I won't have to do that as much. If they knew, I gotta do a little more introduction and then focus on the questions on the topic of the episode and what they want to do. I'm sure they prefer one-on-one, some of them, and some of them don't mind a debate. But we're going to have more debate, and who knows? I might be more debated, probably more feisty. Some of you might like that. Some of you might not. I mean, not, you know, and don't get, and don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be feisty and attack them personally. But I will question, and probably make fun, no, not probably, yeah, possibly make fun of the ideology. That's the most I would do, but attack them personally. Like, um, what will be a bad personal attack? Oh, your blue hair. You got blue hair because you're gay. Okay, that's just a personal attack. If I criticize LGBTQ doctrine against children, that's fine. As long as I'm not attacking that person directly and person is focused on all on him or her. Okay, that would be wrong. And then that's called ad hominem attacks. Both sides have been guilty of that. Even some of them in the center have been guilty of ad hominem attacks. And they went from debates to attacking people personally. You got a funny nose, a funny head, or you're you stumbling like everybody give birth to a wildebeest, whatever. Now, those are ad hominem attacks. Maybe may be entertaining for some of you, but those are ad hominem attacks and they don't add much to the debate. So you might see a different side of me. Definitely do more videos, and that'll be good. I'm sure you want to see that. And have more interaction too. Ask questions, make it live, so you can ask whatever questions, and then I catch you right there. You know, and I get to read it. And then if I don't, if I don't get it for some reason, feel free just to correct it. Because this is my first time streaming. I'm technically a noob here. Okay. So please be easy on me. And that's nah, all right. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun. All right. We're gonna have fun. And God bless you for listening to this podcast. And I thank you for supporting this small and humble podcast. God bless.